In your worship folder today, is it's a little bit different, a little bit different. We're in our series on um, Christmas up north and just maybe um, coming to our house for Christmas. I'd like to invite you all, but you wouldn't fit. Um, the worship folder today is the, the outline's a little bit different, but I'm, if you have one, I'm going to ask you to kind of to, to keep an eye on it because there's a few things that you might be writing down, whether they're fill-ins or not. What we're talking about today, I'm going to kind of, uh, I have to, I want to explain very briefly. There will be some of you today who, during the course of this sermon, get ticked at me because you think I'm doing this for you. I had nobody in mind. I didn't have anybody, I'm pointing right now at everybody, just so that you realize, I didn't have anybody in mind, but if you're sitting, see, he's feeling guilty already. (laughs) I can pick on him because he's on the worship team. If you feel like you're getting nudged in the ribs and it's not the person sitting next to you, it might just be God. It's not me. I'm just, I'm just the messenger, so don't shoot the messenger, okay? Um, today, what we're talking about is, because we're thinking of all this big, nice Christmas up north, and, and maybe we're just in the cabin and the fire's going and everything's nice, um, one of the things that's different about that, um, about Christmas season, are the sounds. The sounds of the season are different. That's what we're going to be talking about today. What are some of the obvious sounds of the season? I'm actually going to allow you to, to, to talk here a little bit. What are some of the obvious sounds of the season? Just carols. What else? Bells. Like every store that you go into reminding us to be generous um, at this time of year. That's a good thing. What other, what other things are some sounds of the seasons? Lights. You know, you know, one of the things I think of is, is the, the sound of unwrapping presents, <clears throat> you know? And it's funny because in our family, there's, there's one of two kinds. I'm not mentioning any names, but there's one of two kinds. One is you hear the sound of just ripping the paper off, you know, and, and shredding it. And the other one is you hear the sound of peeling the tape, <laughs> pulling it off, and making sure that nothing is ripped so you can fold it up and you know that you're going to get something wrapped in that next year. <laughs> And both of those things are good and easy, uh, not easy, but they're, they're easy to understand. So what we're going to talk about today are the sounds of the season, but how the sounds of Christmas can lead you to the Savior, okay? We're going to talk about the fact that if you lean in to those special sounds that you hear only at Christmas time, it can turn your heart, it can turn your life, it can turn your family towards something more peaceful, something joyful, maybe that we don't experience as much the rest of the year. Christmas is a time of year when we get to be especially reminded of the the peace, uh, of the joy, and of the hope. And as I said, today's a little bit different. We're going to talk today about peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Um, And I I just have a feeling that that, uh, some of you hearing this might really need it. You might just might be one of the ones just hearing this online. You're struggling. How did he know that I needed that? I didn't, but God did. Because maybe you're struggling today. Maybe you're struggling with the relationship. Maybe you feel like you're at war with someone. Maybe there's anger or bitterness, unforgiveness. Maybe some kind of conflict going on inside your soul. Some some anxiety. So as we talk about peace on earth goodwill towards men, I want you to analyze 
your own heart and soul. If you're feeling more at war than at peace with someone, maybe even with God, or maybe even with yourself, then this is for you. That's the sounds of the season. So I want to start with this. One of the most familiar sounds of the season was one of the ones that many people mentioned very first, and that's Christmas carols. So let me ask you this. What do you think the most popular Christmas carol of any kind is? Just go ahead. Jingle Bell Rock. I've heard all different kinds of ones. Well, Time Magazine, a year or so ago, actually ran all the numbers. They looked at all the Christmas songs, secular and spiritual. They looked at, at how many different ways they've been recorded, how many different times they've been recorded, what's been done, and they came up with the numbers. And on the, on the, I guess you would say, the secular side of things, the number one Christmas song of all time is White Christmas, which I find fascinating that half of the world doesn't even have snow And yet the most popular Christmas song is White Christmas, followed kind of close by Jingle Bells. So on the spiritual side of things, number one, actually by far, hands down, is Silent Night. In fact, the next two, it's it's more than twice as much as the next two combined, and that's Joy to the World and O Holy Night. Silent Night, by far, is the most popular. The thing, one of the things I love about Christmas season is the Christmas carols, they, they kind of invade the world with the supernatural peace of Christ. Paul and I were discussing this at our meeting on Thursday. You, we get to walk through Menards and hear the gospel playing over the speakers as they're playing Christmas songs and telling us that there is hope. There is peace, and this time of year, we hear it in many places where this is the only time of year you hear it in those places, because the world in which we live, rapidly changing, and not in the right direction. In our world today, if we'd have talked about some of these things 15, 20 years ago, it would have been like, well, that's never going to happen, and wonder, I vividly remember the first school shooting. And wondering, is that going to be like status quo now? And now we hear of it way too often, the war, the terrorism, the racism, the divorce, the abuse, the bullying, the suicide, the backstabbing, the unforgiveness, the gossip. It just keeps going. And at this time of year, you should experiment with this. You ask people for the big answer. What would you like for Christmas? Not like, you know, the bike or the iPad or whatever. Just the big answer. Number one most common answer, world peace. I want world peace. Guess what? It starts with you. How on earth can there be world peace when you can't get along with a coworker? How is there ever going to be world peace when you're fighting with a relative? If you can't treat your ex with respect, how are nations and political parties ever supposed to treat each other with respect? We want the big picture, but we don't want it to start here. World peace starts right here. We want armies not to bomb each other, but we can't even say, I'm sorry. So that's where we have to start with things. One of the things the Christmas season does is it shows us very clearly the world craves peace. 
It reminds the world that the fighting, the strife, the anger, the discord over the other 11 months is not the way the world is supposed to live. It's also not the way you're supposed to live. You weren't meant to be in conflict, to experience that anxiety, that bitterness, that discord. You were meant to be at peace. 800 or 800 before... Did I just cut out? I'm back. See, I'm not shaking hands today because I'm struggling with the flu a little bit. So I don't know if when I cut out it's the mic or if it is actually me cutting out. So we'll just have to... There's a button on the back, Jay made on the board, that makes me better. When I'm sick, he pushes a button and everything gets better. So keep near that button. You see, 800 or 850 years before Jesus was born, Isaiah the prophet um, did one of the many, many hundreds of prophecies about Jesus' birth. And here's what he said long before Jesus was born. For to, in Isaiah 9, 6, For to us a child is born. To us, the Son is given. And that goes along as we talked about a week or so ago, where it's not about you, it's about us. He can govern us. A child is given to us. A son is given to us. And it says, and the government will be on his shoulders. That's a pretty amazing thing. That's, that's reminding us that the one who's born, the, the child who's born, is going to be the king of kings. It says, and he will be called, and these are the four things Isaiah says he will be called, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and what's the last one? Prince of peace. That's who he was. That's why he came. So here's the question. Today, are you at war or are you at peace? Because those who are kneeling to the prince of peace are at peace with God, with themselves, with others, with all others. That's where it starts. And that's regardless of what they've said about you or what they've said to you or what they've done to you or how they acted towards you or what they did or didn't do. You can be at peace because you follow the Prince of Peace. In Luke 2, the angels promised... Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, what? Peace. Goodwill towards man. See, most Christians can say that, but here's the problem. You can't glorify God. You can't say, I love God, and be at war with other people. You can't worship God and say, glory to God in the highest, and not say peace in all those relationships that you have conflict in. Jesus promised this in John 14. He said, verse 27, I'm leaving you with a gift. You thought Santa gave good gifts? Jesus said, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world can't give. You don't have to look around very far in the world to see the world can't give peace because it doesn't have peace. Jesus was the Prince of Peace, and he says, I can give you peace of mind and heart. The peace I give the world can't give, so don't be troubled or afraid. We don't have to live like that. You know how to get peace of mind and heart. You know how to really have that. One of the key factors is forgiving those other people. 
you will never experience the peace that your heart is craving until you learn it was pain as you were forgiven. And you say, they hurt me. It was painful. It was rough. It was true. They did. But you have to learn to say, but I've chosen to move past it and forgive. Too many people say, but that's not fair. Of course it's not fair. It wasn't fair that God forgave you either. See, here's the, the, the little truth about forgiveness that you need to understand. Forgiveness is letting people off your hook. It is not letting people off God's hook. That's his thing. It's not our job to get even, to get revenge, to hold a grudge, to have bitterness. It's our job to let people off our hook. God will deal with people. He will deal with everybody, all of us. So we're not letting them off God's hook, just off our hook. And here's what Paul promised in Philippians 4. Then you will experience God's peace. It says, peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. As we're connected to him, as we're following him, as we're, we're, we're being a part of that big thing he's got going, we can experience that peace. So again, the question is, are you at war or are you at peace? 11 months of the year, most people aren't thinking about peace. You may work with some of the people who aren't thinking about peace. They're thinking about, how do I get ahead? Who do I have to step on to get ahead? And does that really matter if I get ahead? And then, during this month, they hear a song like, Silent Night. And they remember, you know what? There's supposed to be something better. There's supposed to be something better than just climbing up people's backs to get what I want. There's supposed to be more than this. Silent Night, the most popular Christmas carol, is 200 years old this Christmas. In 1818, there's a number of kind of stories that go along with this, but as many people can tell, 1818, high in the Austrian Alps, a small village church's pipe organ had given up the ghost. Some people um, suspect mice had eaten through the bellows, so it couldn't play anymore. At any rate, the priest, um, Joseph Moore, had written out a few stanzas, stanzas to this song and decided that this would be a good time to play it. And the church organist, Franz Gruber, he said, I want to do this song now, and I want you to write a tune to it. Um, but not for the organ. The organ's broke. I want you to write a tune that we can sing and play this on the guitar. 1818. That very evening, at the midnight service, Silent Night was heard for the first time. It changed so many things. But that sound of the season can change us. You can't forgive your dad you can't respond with grace to your ex. You can't forgive what your sibling did all those years ago. It's like, come on. Christmas is the best chance to make that right. To be at peace instead of war. To make sure 2019 doesn't have the same baggage and pain as 2018 did. That's what Christmas can do. It's also what Silent Night can do. 
How many, I'm going to just ask, how many of you in here are country western fans? Quite a few country western fans. Then you, you've heard probably of Travis Tritt. I had to practice saying his name because I had to, I almost felt like I should write him and apologize. I kept saying twit because I couldn't say tritt when I said Travis. It just didn't work for me. So Travis Tritt, here's what he said. Silent night is a lifesaver. That's what he says. He explains, he spent many years playing out-of-the-way joints and bars before he made it big in the music industry. The, the CD bars and the nightclubs he started off in were often dangerous places. Drunken fans would start fights over the smallest things. However, Tritt says he discovered a surefire way to restore peace in those situations. Just when the bar fights would start to get out of hand, he says the bikers reached for the pool cues, the rednecks headed for the gun racks, he would signal his band to start playing Silent Night. Even if, and you know what he says? It worked every time. The bar would grow quiet. The fights would stop. And I I love this quote of his. Sometimes they'd even start crying, standing there watching me sweat and play Christmas carols. (laughs) That's what Christmas can do. That's what those sounds of the season can do. One of the most famous stories of that is a story at the beginning of World War I. This is now, we go from 1818 to about 100 years later. This is 1914. And in 1914, the war was just getting going, and it was, it was going bad. They were out in the trenches. They had all their trenches dug. There was warfare. There was chemical warfare. There was, it was just nasty. And something happened on Christmas Eve in 1914. And I think the best way for me to demonstrate that is for you to watch up on the screen and see this short clip. I kind of think that's how it happened. And you say, yeah, that's just pretend. Put the next picture up. That's a picture from it. Go online and you can see many of the pictures of them. Uh, The most famous one I didn't want to put up because they were lighting each other's cigarettes and I didn't want (laughs) to go there. Here's the thing. If they could stop shooting at each other, why can't we just let it go? Our heart yearns to be at peace to live free from anger and bitterness and anxiety. And you can. It's simply the peace of Christ. I said today would be different. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you five questions today. You have room on your your outline there that if if God says something, you write down the answer. Um, You can write your response there. And if God speaks to you about something, it's time to leave it in 2018 and not bring all that baggage and pain into 2019 again. So here's the questions. First question, who are you struggling with or continuing to be unforgiving towards? Who are you struggling with or continuing to be unforgiving towards? If someone's name or face came to your mind, 
And it might have come to your mind like, oh, I think of that person and it just grinds me. That's the person. It's time to let it go. It's time to forgive them. You're not saying what they did was right. You're not saying that there should be consequences. You're just saying, I'm letting you off my hook. I'm forgiving you. What if you called a Christmas truce with them right now because you follow the Prince of Peace? You just said, you know what? Jesus came to give peace, and I need to share that. I'm just, I'm letting it go. In Romans 12, 18, it says this. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, and that's a key, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. It might not be possible because it doesn't all depend on you. But as far as it depends on you, that's our responsibility. Here's the second question. What if you anonymously bless the person you have been fighting against or been bitter towards with a Christmas gift? And you go, oh, now wait a minute. (laughs) I'll forgive them, but I'm not doing something nice for them. What if you just anonymously bless them with a Christmas gift? And as I was writing this, I got to worrying. Now, what happens if I get a whole bunch of anonymous Christmas gifts? (laughs) This could end up going badly. But here's the thing. It's not about making yourself look good for that person. It's about just being like Jesus. They don't, it's even better if they don't know it came from you. Here's what Jesus says in Luke 6. These are tough words. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. But that's what Jesus said to do, to bless those who curse us. I I know this firsthand, how hard this is, to have people who are against you, to have people who are undermining you, to have people who are hurting you and realize what Jesus is calling you to do is to bless them. And so you forgive them. And by the way, from experience I'm speaking, it's not a one-time thing. I forgave them. Done. There are people that I had to forgive every day for years. To the they didn't know it, but I did. And I had to get to the point in my forgiveness where I could pray that God would bless them. And many times I needed to be a part of that blessing. So maybe, maybe that's an assignment for some of you today. Here's the third question. Right now. Right now, as you're hearing this, are you at peace with God? Or are you fighting Him in some area? Only you can answer that. Are you at peace with God, or are you fighting Him in some area? Because maybe you sense God's been after you. We heard the song about the reckless love of God. It is coming after you. And maybe He's been after you, and you sense it. Maybe, maybe it's about something specific. Or someone specific. Maybe it's just following him in general and you've been fighting him. What if you surrendered that today? Your Christmas and maybe all the rest of your Christmases could be completely different. What if the war stopped between you and God? 
You see, I remember this one for me. I remember clearly the first time that I finally said, okay, I give up. I surrender. I quit, God. The answer is yes. I didn't know what the question would be, but I knew my answer would be yes. I said, I surrender. I'm going to stop playing. I'm going to stop pretending. I am yours. Now, I've said that many times since as well. But that first time changed the trajectory of my life. I remember it like it was yesterday. For the first time in my life, I was at peace with God. And that filtered down to my other relationships. And it changed everything. The joy and peace of having had assumed that God was just controlling and manipulative and finding out he was good. He was loving. And most of all, he was for me. That surrender to him, it didn't limit me like I thought it was gonna. It empowered me. It empowered me more than I ever could have imagined to be at peace with God. In Colossians, Paul writes this, at one time, you were far away from God. You were his enemies because of the evil things you did and thought. But now, by means of the physical death of his son, God has made you his friends in order to bring you holy, pure, and faultless into his presence. Because of what that baby that was born in the manger did 33 years later, because he willingly gave his life for you because of the physical death of his son, God made you his friends. You can be at peace with God because he wants to bring us holy, pure, and faultless into his presence, and that only comes through a relationship with him. He wants all that for you, but you have to stop fighting with him. What if this Christmas season, what if today was the day you stopped fighting with him? The day you made peace with him. Now, I'm not quite done yet. I have two more questions. But I just want to pause for a minute because there might be somebody hearing this that really needs to make peace with God. You've never done that. You know you've been fighting him. So just for a moment here, before I continue, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads as we pray before we move on. Father, I know that there's, there's people listening to this that they've struggled. They've struggled with peace with themselves, peace with others. And maybe today, for the first time, they recognize that that kind of all stems from not having peace with you. And that today, they would recognize that the steps to peace with you are as simple as recognizing that there is that hostility. There is that barrier between them and you because of their sin. And that's what Jesus came to demolish. That he lived that sinless life and willingly gave it up on the cross 33 years later as payment for our sin. And by saying, Jesus, I believe that you did that for me. I don't understand it all, but I believe. And I don't understand all of what's in me, but I give all of that to you. And I trust and I believe that you have my best interest at heart and I'm turning the reins over to you. 
This is the Christmas that I want to experience peace. Thank you, Jesus. Let me ask you the next question. In what area do you personally need the peace of God today? There's an area that you know that you need the peace of God in. There could be as many answers as there are people in this room today. I want you to just write that out. Is it, is it anxiety? Is it money problems? Is it trust issues? Is it relationship things? Is it with some friend or coworker or family member? What area are you struggling with that you personally need the peace of God today? Isaiah, the same one that wrote those prophecies about Jesus 850 years before, says this, very important. He, he says to God, you will keep in perfect peace, and that's what we want. I want to be in perfect peace. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. You realize what that means? You're not having peace because you're focusing on the problem. You're focusing on the person. You're focusing on the pain. You're focusing on the wrong thing. If you want peace, you keep your thoughts fixed on Jesus. It says, trust in the Lord always. For the Lord God is the eternal rock. We can focus on him and trust in him because he won't change. He'll never let us down. He'll never leave us or forsake us. We just focus on the wrong thing and have all these struggles. We have all our anxiety. We have all our stress because we focus on the wrong thing. You need to focus on the eternal instead of the temporal. Here's the last question. Now, I, I thought about this question. And I, and I just wonder, you know, what if we... Uh, I wonder if we don't offer his peace to others because we're so caught up in not accepting his peace for us. We're so caught up in all our stuff, all our anxiety, all our bitterness, all our, all our anger, all our stress. We hear a message like this, and it's like our heart is saying, there's no way I can offer peace to other people because I don't even have peace myself. So maybe today, maybe you answered one of those questions honestly before God and gave it to him, and maybe today you began to find a little peace. If you found a little peace today, here's your question. Who else do you know that needs the peace of God this Christmas? Who else do you know that needs that? Write down a name of someone who needs to experience his peace. And what if this Christmas you prayed for them and shared his peace with them? In Romans 10, it says this, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's good news. But it says, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe? How can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And here's the key. And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? So we pray for people, but we also need to tell them you can have that peace that you're yearning for. What if for next Sunday, Christmas at Journey North Church is next Sunday? What if you helped us offer the peace of Christ to someone else?
There are invite cards. Where's Mike's thing? I'm going to try not to mess up your stuff here, Mike. I could offer a challenge, say, who'd have the guts to go into Walmart with this and invite somebody to our Christmas service? But you don't have to use the big card. There are cards, and you know what? This is the last Sunday before Christmas at Journey North Church. I don't want any of these cards left. They're no good after this. But between now and this next Sunday, this could change somebody's life and eternity. So what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you on the way out in the foyer, if you go out the foyer because you know you need a refill, on the counter, there's stacks of these. If you go out this way, there's stacks of these right there. Those are the only ways out. You're going by a card, grab some cards, and these are for personally asking someone, would you like to go to the Christmas service with me today? There's three of them. It could be 9, 10, 30, or 6 p.m. They're all the same. What we're going to do um, is we're going to sing next Sunday. We're going to sing Silent Night at all three services by candlelight. And I got to say, for me, it's one of the highlights of the year. I just absolutely, we started off during our church, we would all go out and we'd make a little circle with our candles. And then all of a sudden there was two rows of people. And then there was three rows of people, and we were worried about lighting people on fire with our candles. And so we don't circle anymore because the circle gets too big. But we have such a good time doing that. And I think silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. You could have that calmness, that peace, and you could have a brighter new year. And you could share that with somebody. See, what I really want for you is to experience peace. But then pass it on to somebody else. It's not enough to just experience it. So let's experience his peace, but then let's share his peace with others. I ask you to bow as I close in prayer. Father, I know that there's, there's probably people hearing this who maybe have never before experienced that peace. And I pray that, that this Christmas season, that even today, in, in simple faith, that they would surrender to you. That they would be able to experience peace with God so that they could experience peace with others, so they could experience peace with themselves. And Father, for those who have already stepped across that line from unbelief to belief, I pray that we would be honest in our answers to those questions. And we would forgive as we have been forgiven freely, knowing that that, 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 will, that will make our Christmas and our life better, that the bitterness we hold only hurts us. So Father, my prayer is that we would experience real peace this Christmas and that we would share it with others. We love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand for the closing song. You know, when you're out shopping this week, I know some of you still have shopping to do. Guys usually wait till Christmas Eve. You go to the mall, and it's only men there. It's a very manly thing. <laughs> but as you're in stores this week, and when you hear that song playing, you can just smile and realize they're singing about Jesus and about peace 
And Jesus is the only way to peace. He's the Prince of Peace. So if you've experienced a little peace, share it. A good way to do that. Grab a card and invite somebody to our Christmas service next week. I wasn't going to say this. No, I'm not going to say it. You have to come Sunday. I'm not going to tell you. You have to come Sunday. Let's close in prayer. I'm serious. I'm not going to tell you. Father, thank you so much. I thank you for each person that's here. I know that every single one of us here is here by divine appointment. We had our reasons for coming, but you brought us here for a specific reason. You had us hear this for a specific reason, and I pray that as we hear this, that our response to you would be yes, that we would be able to forgive as we have been forgiven, that we would be able to accept your peace, that we would be able to keep our eyes focused and fixed on you and follow you and be able to live at peace with God so that we could be at peace with others and that we could be at peace with ourselves. Father, thank you for what you're doing here. We love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.